You are listening to another episode of Frontline Medi Podcast with your host, Suzanne Axelson. This podcast is brought to you by Frontline Medi Community. If you want to get the latest insights, make sure to sign up to our regular newsletter updates on frontlinemedic.org. But now it's time to introduce our next guest for this podcast episode, Mr. Horst Schulz, co-founder of the five-star hotel Ritz-Carlton that is known for the exceptional service. In this episode, Mr. Schulz talks about how your business will fail without a motivated frontline team committed to the basics of service. Tag along as we uncover the secrets of what it truly takes to build a purpose-led workplace that sets up your frontline teams for success and build a business that delivers a five-star experience every time. It's really good to have you here on the show, and I'm really grateful for making this time to, to talk to me today. Listen. Mr. Schultz, can you please tell me if you have any daily habits that you follow? Yeah, I get up early, make the bed. That's my service to my wife. Promise me a long time ago. That's one thing I can take away from her when she, when she had three children to take care of. Her. So it's still a habit. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting habit. Not everybody wants to know that, but it's fine. Then I get in, and, and after that, I have my a cup of coffee with my wife. I'm being very personal now, making bets and everything. I'm being personal with you. Uh, I get together with my wife, we pray, and we have a have communication and communicate before we go on with life, daily life. That's my routine. So that to have to be sure that we have when I'm here, I travel a lot, that I spend some deep time with my wife and serve her at the same time a little bit. That comes from, to be very honest, it comes from. I believe that the most important institution in life is marriage. And if you if you want to take care of an institution, you have to serve it. You have to see what can I do for that institution and keep it improving and getting better. And so that is my philosophy. That's one of my philosophies, very important one, in my opinion. And so I serve it. I look how to serve my wife a little bit. And I tell you guys that are listening right now already, now, that's a strange, that's a strange podcast here, yeah, I know. Tell you right now, I mean, here's how you really take care of this most important institution in life. Think about it, it is. We work very hard at work, but how hard do we work at in our marriage? As when you tonight have a glass of your wine, you can even have New Zealand wine <laughs> with, with, with your wife, and then ask her, how can I be a better husband? And then that means you just improved your life. How long have you been married for? If you don't mind me asking. Over 43 years and still in love. Congratulations. <laughs> that, that's some hard work and commitment going into that. No, no, you never assumed that would be the discussion in your podcast today, did you? <laughs> no, I did I not. didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> So something that uh, really fascinates me, when I look at your LinkedIn profile, I just see um, people at, uh, that you've been working with and they've been working for you, doing lots of comments on your post and sharing memories that they had with yeah. you. How do you build that kind of strong relationship with um, with your teams? In my team, of course, I was uh, founding operation and founding the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company. And many people were part of that beautiful journey from no hotels to being the leading hotel company in the world. 
And after that, so the people, there is a different connection created because we, we were able to make sure that we have a culture. We didn't go to work. We went to the place of work to create excellence. And, and, and we had a purpose. Our purpose from day one is we want to become the leading hotel company in the world. So we had a shared purpose and that connects you. We didn't, we, there was a shared purpose and a shared belonging. Purpose is one of the more important things in life. You, you should be having purpose in all you do. In, like I said, choked around, but I was very serious at the same time. In marriage, there should be a purpose. Purpose is to create, be in love the rest of your life. Purpose in the, in the company is to be the leader in what you're doing. That's purpose. That's more, so in that moment, all of us who were working for its garden, the purpose was, we didn't just go to work to fulfill a function. We went to work to create, to win, to be the best in something. And that connects you very strongly, this combined purpose. And that's, that stays with you in your life somewhat. As you can see, as you said, from LinkedIn and, and from the many letters that I get still today, I'm gone from Ritz-Carlton. I created another company after that, Capella, which now is voted the best hotel company in the world. I sold the company two years ago. And, and of course, Ritz-Carlton was for so, 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 so many years. We were voted best in the world. And it was all happened because we developed a common purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And then I also read somewhere that you're not, when you're looking for people to come work for you, you don't look to hire employees, but you're no, actually selecting them, right? Yeah, we ask people to join us. Yeah. Now, of course, we have to fulfill a function, but we're human beings. We are there for higher intent. It's not the function, I mean, the chair in which you're sitting is fulfilling a function. Now, if I sentence myself to do that just to fulfill a function, well, okay. But there is never going to be fulfillment in your life. Even Aristotle said 3,000 years ago, mind you, and thousands of philosophers ever say, since said the same thing, you need purpose and belonging in order to be fulfilled in life. So with other words, so why wouldn't you create purpose around your life uh, for yourself, for your company and so on? And that purpose always has to be of high intent. You see, excellence in life, in, in any part of your life, is not an accident. It's always the result of high intent and hard work. In the case of Capella or its Carlton, it was, we want to be the leader in the world in what we're doing. That was, that's high intent. Now, if you are a leader already in, in some sense, you have to question yourself, though, when you set that high intent, is this good for everybody? Is this good for my investors? Has to be, otherwise you, there won't be a company anymore. Is it good for all employees? Is it good for the customer? And is it good for society as a whole? If the answer is no, is yes, it is good for everybody. If the answer is no, you shouldn't do it. If it is yes, it's good for everybody then you know what to do. Then you have to work hard to accomplish it. Exactly. Let's talk a bit about belonging that you touched on a bit earlier. So belonging is, you know, it's a fundamental human need. And I read in some statistics that 
as 40% of people feel like they're isolated at work and that statistics might even be more in today's world. So what do you think that is and how do you think you minimize that gap? So you really create a work in mind that is high performing and people well, feel it, like they belong. It, it is essentially what we touched on because, and, and to me it's somewhat immoral, we hire people not to belong, we hire people just to fulfill a certain function. Now, in, in that moment already, we have isolated them. We are not, they are doing a job without even knowing what outcome is needed. They do not understand the, where the company thinks, what this company feels. A great company knows what the market, the customer, the potential market expects from our product. Management, I underline, creates processes, systems, controls, and measurements to deliver what is expected. And management makes sure that the employees know what is expected. Now that this is starting to be alignment. So now the employees truly know, here's the expectation of our customers. Many employees don't even know their real expectation. But that's management. But leadership, that's a different thing. Leadership creates an environment in which they not only know what the customer wants, but they truly understand the feeling, the thinking, the desire of the company. And consequently, leadership creates an environment in which the employee wants to do what the customer expects. So there's a sense of belonging. By the way, yes, there was a, a survey made, it's pretty, quite a while ago, it's about 20, 25 years ago. Three million workers uh, between US and Europe was, were questioned what's important in the workplace. Number one was belonging. Now, if you asked, the bosses, what the customers, what the employees expect is say it's all money. It's not true. Number money was number six, by the way. How do you belong unless the objective of the company and the thinking and feeling and belief in the heart of the company? Now I opened every Ritz Carlton, the first 50 Ritz Carlton I opened myself, every one of them. If we talk it over or we open up, I went there and told the employees the first day. Here's who we are, join me. Here's what we think. Here's what we believe. Here's why we do it. Here's our motive. And here's how you benefit if we accomplish what we do. I told them that too. If we are seen as number one, that means you have opportunity. That means you, you will define yourself as a person of excellence if we are all number one by being connected to our company. And, I, and, and who does it? Who creates that image? Who creates the doorman and the waiter and the mate and the engineer? And they creating that. I'm not creating it. I'm sitting in the office. I don't see the customer. So I, I, I have to create an environment where they feel that they're part of and are part of the organization. Yeah. And what do you, if you're looking at the frontline teams, that you have the, that you mentioned that the ones who really deliver the experience of the company. What do, does it truly mean to be customer focused in those kind of roles? And how do you make sure that your team members understand what it right. means? Yeah, well, let me explain it generally and then come back to the service, the service industry, what it means really. And what is service? It's also, well, uh, I have to concentrate and have to not. Guess what the customer expects from my product? I have to truly know. That's the beginning of customer focus. And just my processes and my systems and my organization around that and teach that. What the customer expects in my product. Uh, 
And what is service now that the, cons- the customer focus now is manifests itself with their, by the right service. And what is service? It starts with a great greeting. But in other words, it starts to instantly make contact with the customer. So it's the first step of service is welcome. And then it moves on to complying to the guest wishes. After you said welcome, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. It's about the customer, helping the customer to make the best decision with your product, supporting them, helping them, be, be, be there for them. And after you have done that, it's farewell, thank you, for allowing me to serve you. So that is customer service. Welcome, comply, farewell, constantly. But in all service, it's not about you. It's thinking about, because you're the expert of your product. It's be the bank or, or, or be the, in a McDonald's or be in a hotel or it doesn't matter or in a gasoline station. You are the expert. So you are there to try and see that they make the best decision relative to your pro- product. Maybe in a hardware store, it doesn't matter. It's about them. And what are you saying to build a culture that is really customer focused on a daily basis? What would that entail? What do you have to do to build that kind of culture of great customer experience? For us, we build it into three sections. Let me put it this way. I'm consulting with a number of companies. I just have started working with a company. And I, the, one of those questions I have, what is your employee turnover? And the employee turnover of this, in this company was 30, is 36%, this, which is terrible. So I said, well, well, why do they leave? Because of money. Well, we made a survey so far, so far it's not because of money, period, okay? So I made it very clear with them. People leave for one of three le- reasons. Either you selected the wrong people, they're not, they're not, it's not them that's leaving. Who is for this that they're leaving? It's yours, employers. Because if they leave, you sel- if they're really bad, you selected wrong. It's you. Number two is, so number two, you orient them, or you orient them, oriented them wrongly to your company. I come back to that. And number three reason is you have the wrong work environment. So one way or another, when people leave, it's you. So select the right one, and then after they're selected, orient them properly. Bring them properly into your organization. Tell them who you are. Tell them what you think. Tell them what you dream. Connect them to you. What usually happens, everywhere in the world, the new employee comes to work. Now be with me here. Here's what happens everywhere. The new employee comes to work, and we say, here, fill out these papers. Here is the rules of the company, the rule book, the handbook. Here it is. Here's what you are to do here. And here's this. And then finally, when we are through with all that stuff, then the boss makes his speech and says, we are a team here. Oh, you're not a team unless you tell them the common objective. How are you a team? You may be a group of people that works together, at the same time, but you're not a team, unless you say, we are working for this reason to become the best in the world. And the next thing they do is, now it is the new way that, let's say, new way that bill. And the boss now says, now I want you to work, Bill, I want you to work with Joe over here. 
He knows the ropes. I thought you were in the hotel business, not the rope business. <laughs> so we turn Bill over to Joe, and then Bill takes over and they go away. And on the way to the kitchen, Bill, forgive me what I said now, Bill tells Joe, this company sucks. That's his orientation. This is ludicrous. How, how come? That's what happened everywhere. Yeah. Not that said, said that word, but everyone, we turn them over. And with other words, they, they filled out some rules and they got to know some rules and regulation, filled out some paper, and now they're being taught the function of the organization rather than connecting them to the heart of the organization, to the soul, to the higher thinking of the organization. That is what's happening everywhere, and that's the problem. How, why would we expect that an employee really is loyal if they just work there? They can work anywhere today. Yeah. Rather belong, they, believe, they leave because they didn't feel like they belonged. And, we, and since we know for 3,000 years that purpose and belonging is very is essential to the well-being of a human being, why wouldn't we as, as leaders offer that? I think you're totally right. There's so many companies that do that. I mean, it's an old structure that is yeah. almost foster well, upon us. Well, it, and when it comes to driving for that perfect improvement and just always striving for making things better and, and really creating that five-star experience, how did that feedback loop look like uh, for its Coltons? And well, yeah. Very important. We had very careful measurements. First of all, we had a daily analysis of customer satisfaction, intent to return, intent to recommend in every hotel, daily. We had a very careful analysis of employee satisfaction, of course, economic measures and so on. But we also had a very careful reporting system of defects that happened. When a defect, a mistake, a defect repeated itself, we created tiger teams. We created teams that were connected to the process where the defect happened. And I, in, in my book, Excellence Wins, I tell the story, I don't know if you've seen it, tell the story about room service. What happened is there was slow room service, heavy, slow room service. So we, so we created a team of room service waiter, room service order taker, chef, to find out why it is slow. Why? And again, that is not Taylorism. That is saying, you, you can help me to find out because you're the expert in your area. Find out why it is slow. Follow a, a, a principles on step, one step in a time and tell us how we can tweak and improve room service. We call that a tiger team. I expect that every hotel has three tiger teams going. If the same mistakes happens in every hotel, we created a corporate tiger team. But again, we moved in the people connected to the process. But so that is called continuous improvement. And if you don't yeah. continue to improve as an organization, you die. But yeah. ah, wait, wait, you also have to continuously improve as a person. The excellence of your company, the excellence of yourself, the excellence of your family, it's never an accident. It's always high intent. What excellence is high intent and hard work to accomplish that intent. My high intent with this garden was to create the finest hotel company in the world. 
again, I said earlier, then bring it again to, to make sense of it. My high intended marriage is to be in love with my wife. Now we have to work on that. Then I, once I know my high intent, I have to work very hard to accomplish it. But if it, unless you set yourself an intent, which becomes a purpose for yourself, unless you set it, you'll never create it. You just flounder around and get lost in the morass of mediocrity. Societies are doing that right now. As a person, I have to make sure that as a person, I set high intent. And as a leader, I have to try and help people understand who they are as a person. I have to do that with my, my employees because a, a person of excellence, a person of excellence is somebody who does their very best in their functioning, their very best, it's not perfect. They do their very best relationally and they do their very best in morally and integrity. If I do my very best in those areas, I become a person of excellence. And when people are doing things really well, how did you um, reward them and catching them doing it? So you foster that kind of behavior within people? One program was lightning strike. For example, I had a number $50 bills in my pocket. And if I saw somebody, the doorman, the bus, everybody do something special, I said, come here. I, this is exceptional. Here's a special reward. But I made sure, and we made sure that his fellow employees stood around and saw it, applauded him. Here you are. So we encouraged not only by applauding, but also with a few dollars to say, this is special. Thank you very much. You are special. You're an example. Let's applaud him or her. And, and then, we had a, when, then we had a program where the employees recommended what we called a five-star five employee of the month. And there were 12 winners a year. And then out of the 12 winners, we selected the five-star five employee of the year who got done a paid vacation in one of our hotels. So it was there, it was working, it was participated in, but I think it could have been done better, frankly. The, the other thing we did, which was very successful, we had yeah. gave to every employee, we gave a five-star card, which had in a pocket. And when you saw a fellow employee do something good, they, they wrote down, congratulations, five, you're five-star and gave it to them. That was a fun thing we did and, and where everybody is still talking about for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, those small things that really create yeah, an impact exactly. and it doesn't really cost anything. Exactly. What, what do you say are the most important habits of a company that you can have to empower its team to really create that magical moment in the customer experience? It, it, it is a picture of it all, the selection, the orientation. The next thing that we did we determined what would be the 20 things that we should do absolutely superior to our competition where our customers, our guests would see us as superior. So we developed 20 points. The second day of your employment after orientation, the first day, we taught what those 20 things are very carefully. And here was a habit that we created. Every day we repeated one of those points. For example, today, 
there may be in, in the, every day the same point is discussed at the same time in the same hotel. Mind you, we had 24-hour business. For every shift, you couldn't go to work. You had to listen to the non-negotiable point of the day. If a guest get a complaint, you own it. If you're the bus boy and the complainer about TV, you own it. You say you're sorry. And then we certified them as to how to handle that. Number one, listen to the complaint, no matter what. Number two, empathize. Number three, apologize. And number four, make corrections. We all taught them that. So that's why we have practically no complaints. They complain about something, but, but we took so well care of it that even though they were upset about something, they became loyal to us. So that was one of a very important habit. <clears throat> yeah, amazing. That, that's a good, simple advice that everyone can do. <laughs> do you have a quote that you live by? Well, not live by. I, I have a motto that I certainly live by and uh, try to make clear everybody understands. And, and Ritzkan was known for it. Um, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And what I try to say with that, and that really developed when I wrote an SA around that when I was 16 years old, because I saw my boss, the maitre d, approach a table of guests, and he was an exceptional gentleman. He was unbelievable. And, and I realized the guests were proud that he came to them. Now, the guests in that restaurant, each one of them was powerful human beings. And here goes... The maitre d' and we were told always we are there to serve, we are not to be jealous, the shop management. And I was wondering, wow, wait a minute, that's a reversal. They are proud that he came to them. And I had to, I had to write an essay at a time for hotel school, and I thought about it, and I realized they were proud because he was known as exceptional. He, he de had defined himself as a fine gentleman, as a first-class metody. And unless, wow, and it, it literally changed my life. And all of a sudden, wait, wait a minute. I can define myself too, no matter what I'm doing. If I do it well, as a lady and gentleman, I'm not a servant anymore. I become a gentleman or a woman, a lady, that is professional excellence of what they're doing rather than just a servant. So either I define myself as excellent or I define myself as, as a, a, a servant. Yeah. That you are ladies and gentlemen, you're not servants. At the same time, I told my managers, understand, that's who they are. They're not just somebody, they're ladies and gentlemen like you are and you treat them accordingly. So it was a mixed, very strong message. That's who we are. And we treat every guest as ladies and gentlemen. Somebody said, and some guests are not ladies and gentlemen. So, whoa, 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 whoa. They pay to be treated like that. That's it. They are, for us, they are. Period. Now, this was, it was a fascinating thing. That, that motto really impacted a lot. I have another motto being... In, in, in Green Capella, in the finest hotels in the world, there is a, is a danger always that we are a little bit more elegant with, than the guest. I've seen that. All of a sudden, the guy, the waiter from Kentucky has, his, has a French accent. Come on. And I, so I said, let's understand. 
elegance without warmth is arrogance, period. We should be elegant and clean and fine, but we have to be, that has, there has to be nothing but driven by heart, by caring. Yeah. Can you think about a customer experience that you had recently that was really over the top with someone, a brand? I'm curious to I'm curious to know what you rate as a great experience and what really made it so good. I had a, well, I had a great experience a couple of weeks ago. I was in, in, in Texas, in Austin, Texas. I had a very early flight at five o'clock in the morning. I was next to the to the airport, so I had to leave the air, the hotel at four o'clock. Get a wake up call at, at three fifteen, and leave at four o'clock with the bus and so on. And I, when I came down early in the morning, four o'clock, there is this overnight young man that worked overnight, a very young man, and he was cheerfully said, "Good morning, sir. How are you today?" And wow, and I was too tired to learn to say good morning. So, but he had cheerful, and he said, and and the first thing he said. I best you would like a cup of coffee. Let me go and get you one. Wow, these little things in that early, that moment, it was fitting into the moment. And, and a very important thing happened. And I said, wow. And I, and I told him, give me, if you have a card, give me a card just in case I get involved in the hotel. I'm going to hire you. It, it, it's beautiful. Or, or con conversely, I went to the department store that has a huge name in America for their good service. I bought a, a suit with two slacks, two pants. I come and pick it up. I had to pay for the, for the adjustments that I wanted on the pants. I had to pay $80. That was fine. But then I measured them. They were not taken in at all. I said, wait a minute, I pay $80, it's not taking it. Gone. And the first he said, yeah, I said, wait a minute, no, I can tell you exactly here it is. I said, okay, they did it again. So I picked them up two, day, two days later, they charged me $80 again. Hey, you must be nuts, people. And they argued. And you know, this is, it is unbelievable sometimes. Ar then argued. And mind you, they're known for service. It wasn't about me, it's, it's, it was about making charges. And you go on and on that, but you see every day, it's atrocious. It's yeah. unbelievable. What, what, I, they have no common objective in the, at work. The daily common objective, the daily ones, in order to become excellent, must be that every employee knows we are here to keep the customers. We are here. The moment when somebody walks in here, we all do everything to make sure that customer wants to come back to us. It doesn't matter if you're a hotel or a butcher shop or a hardware store or whatever you are. Every employee should know that is your objective for today, to convince every guest by what you are doing that they want to come back. It's beautiful. And it, with other words, it is not just anymore doing things. It's doing things for a higher purpose, high intent. That's what we should do as human beings. We are not chairs. Exactly. Yeah, that's great ending on great interview. There's so many good things to take okay. away from this, Mr. Schultz, and I've really been enjoying our conversation. If people would like to get in touch with you, what are the best form of contact? Oh, just horseschultz.com. You're in my website, and you can through that get in touch easily. Yeah. That was, that was all the questions that I had today. And I've really been enjoying our conversation. And thanks for, for making time for me. 
remember, all, tell all the guys on the, on the podcast one more time, go home, talk to your wife, ask her how you can be a better husband, and you will have improved your life. Wow. <laughs> Great Good tips luck. for an expert. <laughs> like <Good> you. <laughs> Thank all you, the visuals. All the best. Thank you for listening to another episode of Frontline Medic Podcast with your host, Suzanne Axelsson. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at Suzanne at frontlinemedic.org with any feedback or thoughts that you would like to share on this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Nicely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating. Frontline Medic provides you with the tools, insights, and inspirational stories you need to deliver an awesome customer experience. Sign up for free and learn more on frontlinemedic.org. And thanks for making Frontline work awesome.